It's sunny and 10 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Aaron Foppel. 1,879 new cases of COVID-19 were confirmed in Alberta Saturday. This marks the third time this week Alberta has set a new case record as Alberta's active case load restricts 18,806. Six more people have now died from the virus, bringing the active case load to 596. 563 people are in hospital at this time, 101 of whom are in the intensive care unit. More news in a moment, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. In the northwest, we have construction now along Bowness Road and Home Road, impacting traffic in all directions. I'm not seeing major delays through the area right now. As a matter of fact, I am still seeing that light volume all across the city, uh, making us problem-free. But that Bowness Road construction does go until 3 p.m. today. And we do have that glare factor from the sun, so make sure you have those sunglasses or visors ready. Over 50, you may be at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. While getting your flu shot, ask about the Prevnar 13 vaccine. Visit Prevnar.ca to learn if it's right for you. From the 770CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Tia Euston. A legal defense group has launched a court challenge alleging Alberta's public health orders to curb COVID-19 infringe on charter freedoms and violate the province's Bill of Rights. The Justice Centre for Constitutional Freedoms filed the challenge on behalf of two churches and two individuals. This comes as another anti-mask rally was held in Calgary yesterday afternoon with hundreds attending. Similar rallies were held in Edmonton and Vancouver. For the first time since it started back in 1967, the Calgary Firefighters Toy Association has cancelled its annual Christmas party. Carolyn Curry de Castile reports. Due to to COVID-19 restrictions, organizers were forced to make the difficult decision to cancel the event, which has been held at the Stampede Corral every year. The volunteer-led organization annually collected toy donations for thousands of kids in need. Families were invited to the party based on referrals from Calgary school boards and social agencies. The president of the Firefighters Toy Association says it was an emotional decision to make, adding that potentially the gift some kids got at the event was all that was under the family's tree for Christmas. Mark Hagel said volunteers did everything they could to try to make the party work but the safety of everyone involved had to come first. In previous years demand has been so great that hundreds of families who were referred had to be turned away from attending the party. Firefighters are still planning ways to help out the community that will comply with health restrictions. Carolyn Curry, De Castillo, Global News. It was 31 years ago today that a gunman stormed Montreal's Eco Polytechnic, killing 14 women and injuring more than a dozen people. But survivors and other mourners won't be able to gather and support one another this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. A wreath will be laid at a plaque in memory of the victims. 14 beams of light will be projected into the night sky from the lookout on Mount Royal to mark the time the gunman entered the school and opened fire. And noontime speeches will be broadcast online. A prominent Saudi prince had harsh criticism for Israel at Behran's security summit that included the virtual participation of Israel's foreign minister. Prince Turkai El Faisal, who led Saudi intelligence for more than two decades, said any normalization deals with Israel needed to help the Palestinians obtain their own independent state. He also described Israel as Western colonizing power. The foreign minister says he is disappointed. Israel's foreign minister says he is disappointed by the prince's comments. Global News Sky Tracker weather. We can expect sun today with a high of 13, clear tonight and a low of 12, a low of 2 rather. Mainly sunny tomorrow with a high of 11, Tuesday sun and a high of 11. For Wednesday, we can expect snow. It is 10 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Aaron Foppel. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. It is December the 6th, but man, you wouldn't notice it if uh, if you're outside. 
pretty gorgeous day yesterday. Looks like we're going to get similar weather today. Um, I must admit, uh, later in the afternoon yesterday, <laughs> just sat in a chair up on the deck and uh, put the face in the sun and uh, fell asleep for uh, uh, 15, 20 minutes. It felt pretty good, just that nice warm sun hitting the face and collecting a little bit of that vitamin D that uh, all of us need and the plants love and all that kind of fun stuff. So anyways, if you could get out, um, get out and enjoy, but uh, yeah, keep your distance as well. <laughs> oh, we got to do it. Lots of people out on the pathways. I know up by my house, there was lots of people down by the river and uh, out walking the dogs. So the dogs are loving it. Lots of, lots of exercise for them. It's funny. We have three little dogs and you pull the leashes out and two of them run they don't want to go for a walk, so it's kind of funny. They, one of them, who can't go that much, he's getting a little bit older. He he still likes to go, but uh, he just doesn't have the gumption as much anymore. So, but we take him for a little short walk here and there, so to keep him going. But if you'd like to join me, I'd like to talk some gardening today. I have a few things we're going to chat about. Um, obviously, some Christmas plants and a few of those kind of things. And then Jen's calling in at 9.20. We're going to see what's hot in the tropos um, this week. We had a few new things come in. And uh, we have a couple of contests going on, um, for a, one for a charity and and one just to, because we want to give away some gift cards at the store. So, yeah, you go and uh, the one that we're doing is because we're doing the, the COVID physical distance Santa this year. We printed off one of our our pictures from last year, and uh, so we have Santa set up in the in one of the greenhouses, and you can go and get a family photo. It's free; just come and take a picture. We call it the photo wall, and uh, some of them have turned out very, very good. Like they look realistic. I know I was chatting with Sue DL on the on the weekday there earlier. I'm thinking it was Wednesday, and her and Andrew had a debate whether the reindeer that was actually not in the picture. It was a, a real um, statue or something just because the way it stood out so realistic. But no, it's just one wall. So, But if you want to come there, then if you tag us and share the picture with us on social media, we're putting those names and we're going to give away four $50 gift cards at Spruce. And then we're doing um, a little contest with uh, Alex. Um, there's uh, You can get the details on... You can buy tickets at the store. I think there's four garden centers around town that are doing it. And we, we donated a, a satin potho, which are pretty sought after. So we put that, and it's a planter of a lady with her, where the plant goes in the top of her head, so it looks like hair. So we added a satin pothos. So for all the plant people, I know they will be uh, wanting one of those because we got a few of those in this past week. So... But you can enter at the store. You can, I think it's buying tickets. I think they're a couple bucks each or something like that. Um, Jen might be able to get me that a little more details. I've given her a little prep here that she can maybe get me the details a bit more on that, or I could flick through the social media and see what, what's going on. But all that stuff is on our Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff like that. So, and congratulations to the the Children's Foundation. They had their their morning of, or the whole day of giving, I guess, what was they called? The Christmas? I can't remember. Anyways, they had a great telethon on Friday. I think they raised close to 300000 
Betty Joe was in yesterday at the garden center picking up a tree. And uh, I think they hit close to the 300,000, which is absolutely amazing um, considering they had to do it all online and over the phone and all that fun stuff. So great work to the whole team there, the amount of money they raised for, for those charities. Um, congratulations and uh, to John Voss and uh, all the team at QR for doing that. It's, it's phenomenal. And uh, so very, very proud to be part of a crew like that. When it comes time to giving, they like to step up and definitely make things happen for, for those a little bit less fortunate than, than some of the other people here. So if you, I think you can still, you can still donate online. I know uh, I took an opportunity and donated a little bit as well. So if, uh, if you'd still like to do that, I'm sure you can. And uh, you know, it's going to a good cause with these guys. So, and if you'd like to give me a shout, um, by all means, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I just want to give a shout-out to Mel down at the Medicine Hat Horticultural Society. He always uh, puts out a text um, giving a little plug for the show and, and for us, and he stops down, him and his wife stop down and visit at the Garden Center. So... Uh, Cheers to you and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody down there in Medicine Hat and uh, at the Horticultural Society. I've had the pleasure of going down there and doing a talk, and I know Kath Smythe has gone down and done some talks with them as well. Um, great group of people and uh, very hospitable when you when you make your venture down. And it's a great little town, so if you get a chance, uh, take a tour of some of the gardens hopefully next summer down in Medicine Hat area. A little bit warmer down there. They can just, I know they have a great garden tour. I'd like to make it down there for that. And I know our pruned up crew, they go down for, obviously this year we didn't, they go down for a climbing competition down in that area as well. And they fared very, very, very well last year. So anyways, where are we at for time? 9-11. I'm going to just touch on the Christmas tree. Um, if you are thinking of getting the trees, I know they've gone fairly quickly and the lots seem a little bit less full this year because I know um, ours are moving quite quickly and, and then chatting with a couple of the other guys around town. They seem to think they're moving faster than, than normal for December 6th. So if you are looking to get one, get out to your, to your tree lot or garden center. I know we have just over 100 left, I think. Um, left and we have the Fraser fir but if you do get a tree no matter where you get it from um well the christmas tree lots or a garden center or what have you a fresh cut is m the most important thing you can do for that tree and what you want to do is take off at least an inch and uh and then at that point got to take up some of the branches and sometimes that's unfortunate but you got to have enough room for it to hold into your stand and making sure you have a good stand with a big reservoir that holds a good good drink of water for them and you can if you can get some of the christmas tree preservative to put in the water that makes a big difference it helps <clears throat> it helps hold open the capillaries so it can uh, drink lots of water and that's what you'll notice the first couple of days is really when your christmas tree rehydrates itself and it takes two or three days and they'll be drinking two to four liters a day 
for that first uh, few days, and that's just rehydrating. That'll slow down after that, but just ensure that your your water bowl stays nice and full throughout the Christmas season. And like the Fraser furs that we bring in, they uh, we've had lots of people send us pictures of them right into January, lasting no problem at all. So if you if you're able to uh, get one, just make sure you do just do the fresh cut. When we do it for you while you're there, if you're setting it up within 24 hours, we like to think. If not, you can do it at home if you have the proper saw. But I know the boys down at the at the garden center always enjoy. We have the um, a group of young guys working in the tree lot that are helping carry it up to the cars and tie it on the truck or car if you need or whatever you need. But they're more than happy to, to get that out to you. So anyways, and that should get your Christmas tree through the through the season for the most part but right now i'm going to take a quick break and when i get back jen's going to give us a shout from uh, down at the greenhouse down at spruce it up and we're going to chat what's hot in the trop house right now you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr let's talk gardening is brought to you by spruce it up calgary's favorite christmas store spruce it up green it up prune it up we got you covered. Yeah, I just want to invite everyone down. We have our, we've sort of created our own Christmas market down at Spruce It Up. We've uh, added uh, close to four thousand square feet just of some heated space and just to to make the physical distancing a lot easier. And with the with the minimal capacity, it it actually works out really really well. And uh, we've had uh, great response to it. Um, have a lot of people say, man, it feels just like we're at the market and it's all Christmas in the one spot. So if you, if you get a chance, stop in and, uh, if you're hitting any of the other outdoor markets that are going on, stop in and say hi, and, uh, we'll go from there. I had one text, um, asking if I could review what plants should be watering in these warm temps and what about perennials? A lot of them, you probably don't need to water a whole lot unless it's just in a really, really, really hot spot up against the house and it's just dried right out. And and if you go in, you feel the soil and it's already thawed out. I would give it some water or or add some mulch and then water it from there would definitely um, help out. I would hose off any of my junipers. Um, spruce trees, things like that, more of your evergreens, giving them a, just a good hosing off. And uh, if this weather continues, I, I probably wouldn't hurt to, to give some of the trees uh, a little drink just to, to get a little bit more moisture into the soil. But at this, this time of year, you don't want to do a ton of watering like it. Um, for the most part, the, the trees of the grounds, a little bit frozen down there for sure. So a lot of the water won't get down. But if, if you're up against some of those really warm spots, things like that, um, I would definitely water. And if you have, like, in the call or the texter said, I also have a row of blue arrow junipers. And any of the upright junipers, cedars, carry boxwoods, things like that, I would definitely um, wouldn't hesitate using um, wiltproof, with, which is an anti-desiccant. And it works like a lip balm for your for your evergreens, and it works phenomenal. We we put it on all our outdoor porch pots, our Christmas arrangements, wreaths, things like that. The cedar rope it just it really just seals in the moisture and uh, really stops them from drying out. So if you need uh, any of that, if you're looking at doing any outdoor boughs, or if you have some 
newly planted junipers or cedars, I wouldn't hesitate to give them a little shot of that. Just gives them that little extra protection and uh, and go from there. And you don't want to wrap your, your your cedars and junipers here in Calgary for the most part. It um, it almost causes more harm to good. You almost, on those warm days like we're having like yesterday and today, it almost creates more of an oven in those wrapped up junipers. You can do it like three or four feet away and it works like a, like a wind block or a snow farm. If you want to go on the north side, if you have a stand of trees and then the snow will drift on the other side of the, of the snow fence, things like that will help. But um, just wrapping them, that's more of an East coast thing to protect them from the really heavy, wet snows that they get. So I would, uh, I would hold off on that. All right. And, I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Jen. We'll see what's going on down there in the in the beautiful trop house in the tropical paradise. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. Ready for another day? Good. Yeah, no kidding. It was a nice day yesterday, eh? Just, it was spread out. It, it got a little bit busy, but nothing. So everybody seemed to be really, everyone spaced out their shopping, which was really, really nice. So. Mm-hmm, for sure. They're super mindful, um, I feel, you know, generally speaking. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? And that's the key to it. And I, and not that we want to talk about this right now, but if everybody just, if we all do that little bit, pick some times where you don't go right, always right at the busiest time, especially to the malls or things like that, <laughs> just space your time out and, uh, and uh, it'll definitely make a difference getting through all this stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but you got all kinds of fun things going on. You received a few new plants that are, on, let's say, a little bit on the more sought after side. Yeah. So what? For uh, sure. Yeah. What I know, you had that satin pothos. Is that one? Yeah. Well, it was one. That's. Uh, oh, that, yeah, it's already he's gone. Actually, he's already gone. Um, but it is up for that draw at the front of the store with that um, that artist planter pot that you were talking about so there is one included with that okay uh-huh. nice yeah, those ones when we get those ones in it doesn't take long for them to go right like it really doesn't yeah people come in and they they beeline right for it they want to know where it is and um yeah it doesn't take long you're right and we do put a a limit on some of those ones that are a little uh-huh. bit harder to get to try to to spread the wealth a little, a little bit on the on the old plants because yeah. we do we you get a few people that like to hoard a little bit, so we try to sp- <laughs> spread it out. Oh, yeah, sure. Share the love, right? And I know people people make an effort to drive down to where we are. I mean, there's lots of people that come in from out of town even or way up in the north. And, yeah, they make the effort to come down and, and check us out, and they're looking for those plants. So we like to, yeah, you're right, just kind of spread it out, share the love, and give everybody a chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. what other kind of fun stuff did you get in this past week? Anything of any Anything. noteworthy that you'd like to talk about or yeah the curly ficus is the one that um that people really liked the last time we had them in and those guys went really quickly as well so we still have a few of those ones in store and they're in the six inch pots but there's um they're like the right the weeping fig but they're the, the okay. tight curls to them they remind me of like green leaved cheetos <laughs> or, or the, oh. what are the ones you stick your finger in and the, the snacks when i don't know maybe we're too old to talk about those people won't what, know what we're bugles? talking about is that it? Well, no, they're like the little rings, but I don't know. But oh. they're uh, that's what they look like. They're super adorable, and they're 
they're um, they're pretty, I would say, moderately easy to care for, but people love the novelty of them, and they just look like happy little bouncing plants. So if we go in the greenhouse and you have your fingers wrapped into one of the plants, <laughs> we'll know what you're doing. <laughs> That's a different oh. show. I don't know. We got to, well, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> they're super cute. Yeah. They're a nice plant to have. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, and what else do you have got going on? Well, the other one Jess was uh, reminding me of is the Hoya Retusa. So it's like the grass leafed Hoya. They're uh, a super easy, hardy plant to care for as well. So it just looks like actual little stems of, of grass going down the vine. And so they're a nice hanging one in the window. So they're Hoya. Okay. Yeah, that's a nice one that we have in that people are they're usually after as well. Um, yeah, for sure. And then, of course, those poinsettias. <laughs> yeah. Poinsettias yeah. are looking fabulous, though. Like, honestly, yeah. they are locally Alberta grown. They look awesome. Um, they really like, do. Yeah. But the quality, like you said, you definitely can see them at some places and they might be a little less or not looked after. But when you go to the garden center, you're going to get a really, really nice poinsettia. That, they're, uh, but, they're beautiful, Merle. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's the key to those? Like, I always find people water them too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't recommend uh, letting them dry out all the way through, but when you can see that the top is getting dry, I would water through yeah. then and not let it sit in water would be another key one. So, cause they're often in those sleeves. So the water will accumulate at the bottom and then they're often sitting in water too. So, uh, yeah. take the sleeve off, let it water through and then put it back. Um, that would be one of the key ones. And then I think draft and sort of air temperature would be another one. They don't like hot or cold draft at all. Um, and they don't like the cold. Yeah, and we've been lucky with that lately. We have yeah. no drafts really going on. <laughs> so this nice, nice, nice warm, uh, little warm drafts coming through here and there. I know yeah. we even have to open the door once in a while in the greenhouse right now, just a little bit, a little bit of cool air go through, just to cool it off a little bit. It's um, fantastic, well, yeah. Yeah, and one thing I noticed, you had some those great little variegated rubber trees. You had the little mm. guys in. Which yeah, I've never great? seen the little guys. Yeah, yeah, those are those are a fantastic plant as well. Hang on a second. It's just I'm drawing a blank on um, on the name of those ones. The variegated. Anyway, there's. I just call them a variegated them, variegated rubber tree. Rubber I just call them. <laughs> I, I honestly I don't, and I'm not the Latin guy. Like I yeah. don't have a lot of the Latin because I've always been a retail. Uh, but I know when we order and things like that, you guys have to get more technical than I do. But yeah. I like to keep it on the on the more <laughs> on the retail end and just talking, just talking. Pla- For me, yeah. it it is it works, and plus the the three syllable words I struggle with. So, <laughs> and when you get to the yeah. Latin, that's usually where you're going. So I yeah, like to fair. make sure no. I. And and I keep with the like rubber tree. It's pretty simple. I can handle those ones. So oh, and. and one of my favorites. They're growing really well too. A lot of those guys that we had in the ten inch pots are, are they have tons of new growth. I don't know if you noticed yesterday when you were okay. in, but then we also have the smaller four inch. Do you have to break? <laughs> yeah, I do have to break, Jen. So what I will actually I'm gonna put you on hold. There's a couple other things I want to touch on there. So I'm just gonna put you on hold and then uh, we'll just take a break and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. It's sunny and 10 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Erin Foppel. The country is waiting for Health Canada to announce its first approval of a COVID-19 vaccine, which Canada's chief public health officer says put some good news on the horizon amid the pandemic. 
But while Dr. Teresa Tam says the early 2021 arrival of vaccines is encouraging, we do not have the doses just yet, and there are a range of logistical and operational challenges. Tam's comments come as as several provinces reported new single-day highs of COVID-19 cases and related deaths yesterday. A look to our local weather now. Sunny today with a high of 13, clear tonight to low of plus 2, mainly sunny tomorrow with a high of 11. For Tuesday, sun and a high of 11. For Wednesday, though, snow with a high of plus 1. It is 10 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Aaron Foppel. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening, and I'm going to go back to Jen. We're going to hit on a couple other topics that uh, have related to this time of season. Um, welcome back, Jen. Thank you. Yeah. Hey. Um, so one thing you guys are moving lots of is the is the outdoor boughs, and so for people that want to make their own arrangements and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, do you know what type of the branches that you guys have left? Is there still... Oh, there's Lots still, of the... yeah, we have all the ones that we had, Merle, the cedar ones, the silver fir. Um, I'm actually just down here now taking in and all the... And the white pine? That's right. Hang on. I'm just going to confirm that it's there. But yeah, we, we have all the ones that we had. That cedar. Oh, okay. For sure. Silver fir. Yep. Absolutely. We do. Oh, and the white pine. Awesome. The pine is there. Yeah. And Chris is in the greenhouse there. She's making them. So if you need any tips on if you want to do it yourself or or have her do it. Um, that's uh, more than welcome. I know her and Caroline have a whole bunch of pre-made um, that they've been making this past week, so which oh. is great to see. They're awesome. They look gorgeous. Like, uh, and they're making the Grinch trees, the gnomes, and lots of the porch pots. Um, yeah. So something for whatever taste you have. Eh? It's so true. And the porch pots, actually, I'm, I'm, I bought mine as soon as I saw them. I thought they were so gorgeous, but now I'm bummed because there's so many new ones with. You know, she's using different <laughs> ornaments and, and the stockings that you know about. And, uh, yeah, they're they're gorgeous. And the ladies are just working hard getting them out there. Yeah, nice. And it's uh, and it's a good time of season to get that out. And, and just with those, same thing, they've been coated with the wilt proof. Mm-hmm. And, if you, and if, if you have them in a real nice hot spot, you probably give them a little water once in a while. What do you think? Yeah, oh, for sure. I haven't even, mine is uh, facing north and... It looks fantastic. I haven't checked on it. I've had mine for a little bit now, and yeah, they're easy. They're super easy, huh? Still, still frozen solid, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I hope so. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jen. And uh, if if anybody's looking to to see what's going on in the tropical house, you can visit Jen and Jessica down there today. And uh, is Jonah in there with you today, or? Yeah, you bet. Jonah's here too. So we have the Triple J's down there. You can go down and see the the Triple J's down in the greenhouse. All right. Thanks, Jen. Awesome. Thanks, Merle. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, always lots of fun down there and lots of good knowledge. We have uh, uh, Jessica is our newest um, person in the Trop House. Um, She joined us. And uh, she was in a, a more of an accounting role at another company, but she had a passion for plants. And we hooked up and... uh, and chatted about some things and she it was a great fit for our greenhouse so and she's also taking over a lot of the social media which is nice because uh I have a younger millennial type person understanding all the hashtags and uh, all that other fun stuff that uh uh 
I was doing for a bit here and there. So it, it's nice to be able to pass the torch to some on some of these daily tasks. But if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. And uh, you can call me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. At this time of year, you can get through a lot easier. So if you have any questions at all, please give me a shout. And uh, I'd love to chat with you as we do have typically a little easier getting through on the phone line. So, and I know there's some spots open right now, but I got a couple of texts here and it says, good morning, Merle, Richard in Lethbridge. Love having Sunday coffee with y'all. Thanks. Cheers. Uh, a surprise in my garden yesterday while doing some cleanup, I removed an overturned large black tote bin, which I was using to cover some invasive weeds. And to my surprise, an, eight-inch spinach plant was growing very well in the dark interior. Wow. Yeah, there's the power to live, right? And spinach are a great um, plant that you can sow in the fall. You could probably even, if you have some warmer areas, if the soil isn't totally frozen, you could probably still sow and uh, you could still seed some spinach into your garden and those are one of my favorite pictures, like early April. I'll get uh, pictures of the spinach coming up almost through the snow. Just, it just looks so crisp. And uh, and I love hearing those ones where people are having coffee, and I, and I do. I'm very fortunate. I get lots of people coming through the store, and then uh, they hear my voice, um, and then they recognize who I am and always say hi. So I do enjoy that. So um please don't stop that I, I enjoy when you when you do say hi and if we can chat a little bit about plants i i do enjoy that as well because it's uh, it's it's sort of what i like it's all i've done in my whole life so it's been in the been in the christmas tree business the garden center business and uh not much has changed in the christmas tree business i've mentioned that before prices have stayed pretty much similar um a little bit of a shortage this year on some of the taller varieties. So I know some people hoping to get some taller trees was, uh, was a little bit more of a challenge this year. We had some close to 10 foot and, but that was as tall. Usually we get some 14 footers. I know we, a couple of people were disappointed that we didn't have the really, really big ones this year, but, uh, they just weren't available for us through our farm. And I got a quick, uh, quick question about Christmas trees. Is it a good idea to put sugar in the water. I don't think it's going to hurt it. It's sort of the sweetness. I know people talk about putting um, sugar, 7-Up, um, ginger ale, but I know the tree preservative really isn't a sugar. It's more of a, of a product that, that forces the capillaries to stay open and enables the tree to drink a lot longer. But if you don't have any of that and you want to put a little bit of sugar a little bit of seven up, um, any of that kind of thing definitely will not hurt it. And even if you have some of those little packages, if you if you happen to get any cut flowers and you have some of that um, little the flower preserve from the flower shop, you can sprinkle that into your into the bowl of water as well. Will definitely make a big difference. Again, if you'd like to join me, four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Those are the talk and text lines. Or 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when I get back, we'll chat a little more here on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I do have a couple texts here that I am going to look at here. Uh, This one from Graham Bond. He always has some great pictures. I know he sends them in on the the morning show on Global as well once in a while. But what does it say here? Good morning. This is my Kiragana hedge hedge that runs underneath a large fir tree. There is quite a pile of long needles and leaves at the base of the hedge. My question, should I use the blower to clean out? Yeah, I would definitely get rid of most of the needles. Um, they, they're not as great for for the carriganas and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and carriganas tend to rot a little bit if you get too much underneath them, and they'll flop over. But definitely, I would, I would clean a lot of the needles out and, uh, and just even add a little bit of mulch. And then even around the edges there, Graham, you might want to even just cut out some of the grass. And uh, even if you put a little bit of bark mulch in just to help hold some of the moisture. But it looks pretty healthy um, looking at the wood and uh, of the branches that you got going and where you've cut them down. But there's a perfect example of a tree. Um, where you can tell the color of the branching and you can almost see what you need to remove because the color is very distinct when they're not healthy and then when they're not doing good. So that that hedging could use a little bit of thinning out there, Graham, for sure. So I, I would definitely look at doing that with that caragana. But overall, it looks pretty healthy and uh, and uh, I would remove the, the hedging or the, the needles for sure. And, uh, and you can stick those either just into the mulch pile or underneath if you have a spruce tree, if you want to just put that underneath there. Because the, the natural thing protection, and it really doesn't change the acidity of the soil or anything like that. But what it does do, it helps protect your spruce trees from some of the bugs underneath there. So they this way they're able to... Uh, stop the bugs from coming up into them. It's sort of like Mother's Nature's way of protecting itself. I got a picture here of another one. Here we go. Hi, Merle. I just bought this lime tree at Spruce It Up. Was missing a tag. Can you identify? Also was wondering about watering in the event we are away for a week. Could we leave a glass of water ball in the bowl? Don't want the risk. If you're gone for a week, um, totally fine. Just move it away from the window and you have no issues at all. I believe, and so you're getting a bunch of blooms on it. it uh, it's hard to say. It looks like a lime to me, but I'm not too sure. We have uh, the citrus in the same spot, but I'm hard to say. I think the lemon leaves are a little bit rounder on this one, so I would think it looks looks like it's a lime, but you're getting lots of buds which they do at this time of year. And any of those dead branches, you can cut off your your citrus tree as well, and then that will um, help it out. But just give it a good shot of water before you go and just move it right out of the sun. You don't have to move it into shade or nothing. But at this time of year, it can easily go uh, a week or or two without uh, any water, without being too much of a worry. So. Yeah, and I just have someone calling in. It says, good morning, Merle. I can't get an answer on the phone. Something wrong. How much flower stem on my orchid do I cut to get it to flower again? It is a philanopsis. Uh, 
Yeah, we noticed the phone kept ringing, but it wouldn't answer, so I'm not too sure what's going on. Um, hopefully, Liam, we can get that figured out if there's an uh, issue with that. But what's the best thing to do once you're once your philanopsis has stopped blooming on that one stem, it'll it'll tell you where to cut it back. It'll start dying back to a certain spot. You'll see it it'll, usually about an inch or two. It'll die back, and then you just take it to the next. You'll see little um, little nodes on that, and you just take it back just above one of the other nodes below where the where the, where it's turned brown, and then that'll encourage a bunch of blooming. We just. Actually, Jen and I were at the garden center yesterday, and we had some orchids that were on top of the shelf that were just finished blooming a while ago. So we put them up there to let them re re bloom, get their get their buds ready. And there was three stems coming out on the one, so just just down a bit, and uh, just follow what it tells you to do. You'll see the little bit of brown and then just snip it below that i know there's some books where it's a bit confusing where it says take it right down and you you don't want to do that because you miss out on a lot of blooms if you if you get rid of that blooming that blooming stem which which you do not want to do and and again with your orchid you want to feed it 15 30 15 is a great fertilizer for them and i would look at doing that for that and that would be really really good for it and just gives it sort of once a month. You don't want to feed it too much, but once a month would be a good idea. And here's another text. Good morning. At the base of our Evans cherry, is it a good idea to remove the grass? Absolutely. I always like to put a tree ring, either a square or a circle, a tree well around all my trees. It just because we do get um, lazy when we when we mow the grass. Either someone will bang the lawnmower up against the trunk or you'll have your weed whipper out and you'll want to get rid of that grass so you end up chewing the bark off your tree especially on the evans cherries or any of your fruit trees they have a little bit softer bark and it just opens it up for disease and stuff like that so definitely always put a tree well of some sort around all your trees don't let the grass grow right up to your tree and uh and it also help, helps hold a little bit of moisture put some mulch around it and that will make all the difference. And that, and right now you want to get ready. If you if you didn't feed your Evans cherry, um, you can do it now or first thing early early spring. You want to hit it with a fifteen thirty fifteen. You want that high middle number, which will help get a bunch of uh, phosphate in there, and that will help put in the blooms, which will get the fruit after that. And uh, it's always nice having fresh cherries here in Calgary. But right now I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open and text 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to a couple more texts because I don't believe we've been able to get any calls through. So, uh, good morning, Merle. If I'm out watering my trees, is it best to keep the water away from the roses and other perennials? No, you can still let get the water in there it won't hurt them in any way um you can give them a little shot it won't hurt them it just um 
if the ground's like if you're in the total shady area, a lot of the water is just going to run off anyways if they've already been pre-frozen. So I just don't need to waste the water. But if you're if you're giving your trees and they're in the full sun, because I noticed that in half my yard there's um, snow still on the on the one side and on the other side where it gets all the sun, it's totally open and and the snow has been gone for a week or so. So definitely it doesn't hurt. And if we do get any of that snow. What we can do is uh, do a little bit of that snow farming. We'll go from there. And what do I got here? I got a big spruce tree, and it says, what is wrong with it? It's doing something, but I'm trying to see what it's doing. Um, you're getting a little bit of discoloration in the center, and that's fairly normal. Um, I'm not too sure if the tree got topped or the top got broken off. Um, but that uh, looks like something happened to it there. But just get a little bit of shedding in the middle, which is fairly normal. Other than that, it, it looks really quite healthy. Um, I know your road's getting a little bit close as this thing grows. Um, but other than that, um, you could remove some of the grass from underneath it, put a little mulch underneath. Can feed it with 301010, which the evergreens really love. And uh, notice the top. Yeah, I, I just think either had weevil. In that, or it just got broken off. So sometimes when you get the new growth and it's really soft, if you get like a foot new growth and then a big old crow or a raven, or some of the bigger birds land on it, it'll snap the top off it. And that's what could have happened. So you might, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's hard to say. If you can get in there and see if it just, if it looked like it curled over first, then you need to get up and cut it off. And you probably had weevil. And it's good to cut out, get it cut out. Or if it just got broken off, it'll start a new leader like that, and uh, it should be just fine. So you can have a, a little closer look if you can on it. I can't see from the picture you sent me if there's uh, if it's weevil or if it was uh, just broken off. Okay, our poinsettia is poisonous to cats. Is it risky to buy a poinsettia if you have a cat? Um, I think if you're if your cat's the type of animal that likes to eat everything and and does not like to leave things alone, I, I wouldn't get one because I don't think they are totally poisonous. But if it ate the whole thing or ate a whole bunch of it, it's definitely going to get sick. And most cats don't really bother poinsettias. I know we had Rocky. And at the garden center, he was surrounded by hundreds of poinsettias, and he was totally fine through the whole thing. I've never really seen a cat go after, but if your cat is one of those cats that likes to eat plants, I would I would not bother with that. And uh, there's no sense risking it at that time and and creating an issue for it. So, and also one more text here. It looks like the same one I was chatting about. Was just wondering if it was a key lime or a big lime size. I, and I apologize. I can't. Um, I'm not that good. I'm assuming it would be a key lime because that's more of the variety that we have. But I can check with Jen. Or if you're listening still, Jen, maybe send me a text and I can answer this lady here on the phone or guy and uh, let them know. if. Because I'm not sure if we – I thought we only mainly had the key limes in stock. But if we had some of the other ones, and Jen, if you could let me know. And uh, we'll go from there. Also, where are we at for time? We're getting close to the end here for the first hour. Good morning, Merle. 
<laughs> Are you still on the naughty list that spruce it up? Yeah, I don't get it. These guys, they, uh, I, I'm trying to be nice to everybody, and I, I go through the greenhouse, and they have a naughty list set up, and me and Brad are are the two guys on the naughty list, and I'm above him, so I don't know what's going on there. I I try, and uh, but to, so yes, I'm still on the naughty list, and uh, and thanks, and maybe you can uh, call in and uh, to the store and see if they can get me off there. If you're in there, maybe talk to the girls who who make the list and see if you can get me taken off because I'm hoping Santa will be nice to me, and uh, if I'm off the naughty list, I have a better chance of that coming up. So. Right now, but I better take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Hey, it's sunny and 10 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Aaron Foppel. Quebec is reporting 1,691 new cases of COVID-19 today, as well as 24 additional deaths linked to the virus, 10 of which took place in the past 24 hours. Hospitalizations went up by 24 today for a total of 778 across Quebec. And for the second day in a row, Ontario has set a new single-day high for new COVID-19 cases. The province is reporting 1,924 new diagnoses today, surpassing the peak of 1,859 recorded yesterday. There were also 15 new deaths linked to the virus in the past 24 hours. Dr. Theresa Tam says Canada still has a long road ahead in the battle to contain COVID-19, but Canada's chief public health officer says the arrival of the initial doses of a vaccine early next year offers some hope. Tam is reminding Canadians to remain cautious and follow public health guidelines, noting case numbers continue to climb across the country. Throngs of former students have been unable to reach Canada's loan centre and COVID-19 is to blame. The National Student Loan Service Centre is working through a backlog of more than 30,000 applications for repayment assistance. The centre says its phone lines have been clogged since a pandemic-induced moratorium on student loan collections lifted at the end of September. There's a message on its website now warning about long wait times and dropped calls. It saw 169,000 repayment assistance plan applications between October 1st, when loan repayments resumed, and late November. Steve Henniger, The Canadian Press, Toronto. A former Conservative MP is speaking out on taking care of her husband diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Lisa Rates' partner, Bruce Wood, was diagnosed with young-onset Alzheimer's back in 2016 at only age 56. Rates says she first noticed a difference in Wood's personality. I had thought that he was just becoming a, a bit of a jerk, quite frankly. He didn't really care much about what I thought. He would go off on by himself all the time. Uh, when we go out, there wouldn't be a lot of conversation. He wouldn't want to order. I would be ordering. He never remembered my birthday. It soon took a turn for the worse. Wood's distress crossed into violence. He was diagnosed 18 months later. Today, Rate says Wood has completely forgotten his past life and calls her his mother. The Liberal government promised to build mercury treatment centres in Grassy Narrows First Nation and Wabasimung First Nation. Indigenous Service Minister Mark Miller says there were previous plans to build mercury treatment centres, but there was no follow-through. I think if anyone's followed in any depth the, the, the very public challenges with respect to Grassy Narrows and uh, it, it, historically an aberration in our history, uh, the contamination of two communities, Grassy Narrows and a community called White Dog. Miller said this type of long-term care facilities are unique in Canada and he hopes they'll become a place where we 
where people can study the effects of mercury poisoning. In Texas, Corpus Christi fire officials are investigating the circumstances behind an oil refinery explosion yesterday that injured seven contractors and rattled houses in the area. Although air quality reading, readings are safe, residents like Viola Rodriguez are still on edge. It scared me. And I said, what was that? I said, I bet you anything, a refinery again. Four of the seven injured workers were listed in critical condition, with one being transported to a burn unit in San Antonio. Taking a look at sports, well, there's only one Canadian left in the field for the Classic in Mexico. Listel, Ontario native Corey Connors is tied for 20th place after shooting three under 68 in his third round. Connors is eight, is eight strokes behind Grillo. And the Toronto Rappers will start practicing in Tampa Bay today. The team was forced to relocate to Florida to Florida to play the 2021 NBA season after the Canadian government would not allow them to play games at Scotiabank Arena. A look to our local weather. Sunny today with a high of 13. Clear tonight, a low of plus 2. Mainly sunny tomorrow and Tuesday with sun and a high of 11. For Wednesday, though, snow and a high of plus 1. It is 10 degrees at 10.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Erin Foppel. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and Liam and the technical crew are working on the phone line, so hopefully they can get that rebooted um, if you are trying to call in. So I'll let you know how that goes. But uh, if, you're, if you are trying, that uh, is, is a bit of an issue we're having, getting the calls through. They're dropping off, so we'll hopefully get that fixed. But the text line is working very well, so if you want to send me a text and include any pictures, um, 403-974-8255. And I got a couple here, got a few actually. So it says, good morning, Merle. Just before the snow came, I brought in two geraniums that I want to keep over the winter. Would you just go over what I need to do to keep them in good health for spring, for spring planting? I do have two shelving units with grow lights. Um, to be honest, a, a geranium is actually fairly easy. Um, I just treat it like a house plant, and for the most part, and what I would do is I would transplant them into a little bigger pot with some fresh soil, and as they bloom, I would remove those blooms a little bit sooner. Um, you you got them going, and they, and they use a lot of energy, especially in the off season. So you're better to remove them. And you have one of those unique geraniums, which is nice. So I'd put those into like an eight-inch pot. Um, just re repot them, get them into a nice pot. And if if you get in, if they get a little bit straggly looking, you can just pinch them back a bit. But just treat them like a house plant. Put them into a good sunny location. Um, feed them every couple of weeks, and you should be getting some blooms through there. And then, like February, March, we'll get a big blast. Um, of new growth, um, if you and what I like to do is sort of let me just get my date straight here. So in February, I would take off about fifteen to twenty five percent, just cut it back, and then within a couple of weeks, when the days start getting longer and all that, you'll get a whole bunch of new growth. So if you want to take any cuttings, that is the time to do that, especially on the one that you have that is a little bit more of an ornamental um, geranium. You can do that at that time. Just treat it like a house plant. And, and let it dry in between waterings, and really you're going to have no issues at all. And then also trying to grow lettuce indoors. From what I'm seeing, you just have it too hot and maybe a little bit too close and keeping it a little bit too wet. 
Um, when you're growing lettuce, they like it a little bit cooler. So if you have a cool spot that ha still has some light, or if you have light, um, what I would do is try and get it into a cooler spot. If it's too warm, they're just going to stretch and and they get too wet. And I think you have it covered up. I would just I would sort of find that cool spot. And on some of these days, you can even let in a little bit of air and let a little more air flow because in the in the winter time. The lettuce—they're a little bit more of a cool crop. So, um, like I said, if you can find that cooler, your coolest room with some good bright light, and then you'll be totally good. So, if you can do that, that would be great. And I think you'll have a little more success. And let it dry out a little bit more. It looks fairly moist in your in your seed tray, and and so just. Let it dry out. Let it dry out a little bit more at this time of year. Our days are so short; it makes it really quite hard for them to grow like that. All right. Good morning, Merle. We have no snow left at the base of our large evergreen. Should can or should we water today? Absolutely, it wouldn't hurt it. Um, like I said, get the hose out. Give it a good hose down. Knock all the dust, bugs, all that kind of fun stuff out of the out of the evergreens. Give it a good washing all the way through. If you can, if you have a uni nozzle on there, and then the water will just naturally fall through the tree into the drip line, and you'll have a, a good watered tree after that. But yeah, definitely, um, if you haven't done it, we've had no significant moisture for quite a long time, lots of dust. So it's good to before we get our freeze up coming up in the next couple of weeks to uh, get a little bit more water in, get 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 the needles all cleaned up, get rid of the dust. The, all the spider webs and all that other stuff that's in there. And uh, that way they'll have a lot better success rate going through the winter time. So yes to watering. And, oh, here we go. Yes, same phone problem. Another person was trying to call in. I am battling with white flies on my shamrock this year. Very frustrated. I sprayed different things over and over. Um, help or should I just throw it out? Depends how bad it is. Um, you can get even some blue paper um, a lot of the fungus gnats go after yellow but white fly go after blue so if you get uh, a good little blue sticky paper or you can make your own if you get some blue craft paper or something like that and and put some sticky stuff on there the white flies are attracted to that the other product pure spray green works but again you need to and if it's smaller, like on a shamrock, even if you take it under the sink and cover up the soil and sort of tilt it, and if you have a, a spray nozzle on your on your ho on your sink tap, you can just give them just give it a really good spray. Spray all the foliage right off and 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 give it a shot after that with the pure spray green after you give it a hose off. And do that every five days and you should have that cured within three to four weeks, no problem. And if you can get some of the blue stickies, that definitely helps as well. And I haven't seen them around for a while. I know we haven't had them. So anyways, here we are. Where are we at? Just going through text right now because the phone lines aren't quite working. So we are uh, we're doing this. Hi, Merle. My mom, Dorothy, loves listening to your show. And we like visiting your store in the nice weather. I snapped a pick one day and asked to asked it to Google Maps and was surprised to see it got over a million views. I wish 
I tried more of an exciting picture because I think it actually shows on your main website. Anyways, amused, thought I'd share. Happy gardening, Dave. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate Yeah, I see that picture. Awesome. And uh, on your little tag, I don't know if you tagged it, you, you had the wrong radio station. You have 660, where are 770. So, but there you go. Thank you so much. Um, a million views. What a great picture. Thanks for thanks for sharing with us. That's phenomenal. And where are we at for time? I've still got a little bit more time. Okay, we're going to go to some more texts. And on the lime, it, it's a Persian lime or a key lime is what we had. And they are the, the medium limes for the most part. And as a rule of thumb, how often should we be watering cactus here in Alberta? I lost a few lately, just fell right from the root. Again, when they're really dry, every couple weeks is is lots for your cactus. Yours looks super healthy. They look nice. You got them in good soil. You got drain pots. Again, you have them in nice clay pots, which is perfect. You got good growth coming out of them. And sometimes they do die once in a while. Because I know cactus get neglected a little bit, and they have tiny little roots. Um, so if they end up getting a little bit too wet, they can rot off fairly easy. So just just be care- careful of that. Um, if you have them in too rich of soil, they like a little bit more like you got the soil you have, lots of perlite in it, um, little bark chips. looks like nice, nice cactus soil. So you'll, you should be perfect for that. And again, every couple of weeks is lots. I wouldn't go longer than that. But if you if you go every couple of weeks, I'm um, good. If you have them right in the window, you could even do it once a week. If if you had, like I said, if you have them right in the hottest window in your house, but yours look like they're on the island, I believe somehow in the kitchen. So I I would just, uh, just let it do its thing, and you'll be good to go. Good morning. Sit, should citrus trees be given fertilizer in the winter months? My Meyer lemon is not budding, and my lime only has one fruit on it. No more buds. They are now inside in the front house, southeast location. I, I fertilize mine throughout the winter. I give it a shot sort of once a month, 30-10-10, and they really, really enjoy that. It seems to help get them through. Like I said, I still I got to harvest my lemons off mine. I think probably today's the day. I got about eight lemons that are all ripened at the same time, which is kind of unusual. Usually they, they come in one after another sort of thing. But right now, like I said, I have about six to eight lemons on there ready to to pick. And I have lots of buds on there, so it'll be forming a whole bunch of new ones. But they usually take, it's a long process. It's three to six months um, from the time you see your first little lemon by the time it, it grows and becomes ripe. And with your lemons, you want to let them ripen on the vine. Uh, if you pull them off too early, they won't ripen very well. So you got to leave them on there. And like I said, I'm very fortunate right now. I got, like I said, about six to eight bright yellow lemons on there. So I got to figure out something to do with some lemons today. Maybe I'll make some lemonade or or something like that or put it on some salmon, something. Got to do something with it. Otherwise, uh, that would just be a big waste growing them that long. And right now, I'm still going to a few more texts, which thanks for participating. Lots and lots of texts here. So I really appreciate you guys uh, 
participating with the phone lines down right now, but we'll hopefully get that up and running. And I just got a text from Dale. Quick question on my spruce trees. I live in Bears Pond. I've planted over 100 spruce trees over the years, and they're all 12 feet tall or taller. In August, I noticed the tips on the new growth turn brown and some tastes curl up. Yeah, it's a, it's a type of aphid that gets in there. It really it won't kill the tree, but you got to go in and just pull all those off as much as you can. Because if you open up, there's, you'll find a little larvae inside there. It's like a silic aphid. They're inside there and just they eat the, the fresh growth. So just that's the, really the only thing you can do is go through, pick those all off. It'll hopefully grow out of it, and, and you should be totally fine. So that's what you just need to do with that, and then you should be good to go. Fairly common, especially that is that looks like a white spruce. Um, the blue spruce get it a little bit, but uh, definitely more on the smaller needled spruce, like the white spruce and uh, and ones like that that you have there. Yeah, unfortunately, that is a bit of an issue and more aesthetic than than kill. Obviously, if you let it go really, really bad, it, it won't be good for it. But definitely just give it a good cleanup, cut all those off as much as possible, and you should be good to go. Oh, what do I got here? These are today, should I water my daylily with this warm wa- weather in, in Didsbury? I would... It, it, again, if it's in a super hot location where it's really dry, if you haven't cut all the the foliage off, not, you can definitely give it a little shot of water. It won't hurt it. Um, but if it's in a good frozen spot, you still have snow on it and all that, I wouldn't I wouldn't water any of that stuff. It, there's no need for it. But if if it is in like I said, those one of those really sunny, hot, dry spots, it definitely wouldn't hurt. We're getting up to 13 degrees today, so it's going to be a gorgeous day. So you could definitely do that as well. But right now I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when I get back, we're going to keep going on the text. And hopefully the phone lines get working. 403-974-8255. I will be taking all your texts and hopefully some calls. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's favorite Christmas store. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we've had Christmas going for, because same with a lot of the garden centers, you you need to, they start pretty early getting them going because it just, there's so much. Takes uh, three to four weeks getting it set up. So I know Suzanne started about mid-October. So we've been seeing Christmas since uh, since mid-October in a little bit. And then after Remembrance Day, then we kick on the Christmas music and uh, we go from there. But it's it's been great. But I, I would be honest, a little snow would be nice. But it is it is very enjoyable having this great weather. It makes getting around much nicer. And you're not worrying about traffic and all that other stuff. So, anyways, I'm going to go to the f- text line here. I got quite a few texts. 
and it doesn't sound like we're going to have the phone lines up and going. So if you'd like to just keep sending text, I'm I'm going to go through, and I should be able to get through quite a few. We got another half hour here, so that's four zero three nine seven four eight two five five eight two five five. That is the talk and text line, but right now it's just the text line, and I will be doing all the talking. So by ten o'clock, if I feel my voice is going so just uh, cut me a little slack here all right it's all good so it says hi merle paul here my poor apple tree looks like it took a serious beating in the summer of 2019 what is this and is there a way of preventing it again how far back do i cut the dead branches and to the trunks yeah it looks yeah, either it was just some improper pruning, and then they then they they rot from a certain spot. But that's weird. It it's sort of actually no. You got fire blight through that. I would just take that whole tree out. To be honest, Paul, it um you got it going through the whole tree, and it's quite um contagious. So just looking at some of these branches, and it's going right through it. I would definitely just look at this taking out. It's just going through and killing it. And some of it started from some damage down below on the lower half. But um, for the most part, I, to be honest, I would just start fresh and uh, get yourself some, some new apple trees. And you should be good to go after that point. But once you get it that bad, because it's right, it's rotting from the inside out. And uh, I would, yeah, it's not worth trying to save so cut that up and uh, and go from there and here we go merle please how far should i prune back these bluebird clematis they overhang the fence we'll be pruning back hard kill them off um no well they go up and the bluebird and just let me check here it doesn't look like you've pruned them back before but i'm just wondering if it's a C, you don't cut them back. And uh, so just depending on what variety they are is the ones that you cut back or not cut back. It looks like it's it's ready to be cut back because it's, it's, it looks really thick. Like it's been going, um, yeah, for the most part, they generally don't need to be pruned at all. But it is necessary to keep them in bounds. Trim them back immediately after they are finished blooming, and and go from there. But you should be fine. I, I would, because they look, and this for I guess everybody on radio, it's growing up a wall, and it is this super thick. So if even if you wanted to cut it back, just above where everything starts hanging over the fence, where it goes up and then starts hanging back down, and just let it start fresh from that halfway point is what I think I would do is just cut that right back. Keep a lot of the big stems. It'll start fresh from there and, uh, and cut that and let it go. Cause gorgeous looking, I bet in the spring, but there's a lot of growth in there. So it's definitely time to give that a cleanup here. We're going to go to Jay. Oh, nice. Greetings from Whitehorse. Old habits die hard. So I listen as often as I often as I can. I've had problems growing herbs inside for the winter. I have full spectrum lights um, you sell and a small grow light for the countertop as well. But my herbs 
are about as big as they were in September. They didn't. They don't grow, but they but they don't die. What am I doing wrong? I do live in a 12 by 12 cabin, so the temperature changes can be sudden, but quick when I open the door, but it stays warm enough. 17, 20 degrees for the most time, cabin life, and cooking is awesome, but so much better with fresh herbs. And I think, Jay, and and the herbs, and hopefully if you're trying to leave the lights on a, a little bit longer, they don't mind growing in a little bit of the cooler temperature, but it's making sure you get some airflow, and if you if you could get it close to a window, it would definitely help. And uh, and that would see. And Jay is a guy that used to live here in Calgary, and I, he actually had a window business here, cleaning windows, and had his dogs here. So I, I know he moved up to Whitehorse. So cheers to you. I hope that is uh, is working out, and it looks like you're having a good time up there. I see you on Instagram once in a while, and uh, it's good to see. But, but with the herbs and making sure you start with, make sure the soil's not too heavy. They really like that good soilless mix is probably one of the other main things I'd worry about is if you're trying to start them inside with um, soil from the ground and depending on what type of soil they have up there in Whitehorse, it might be just really heavy. And if there's too much clay in it, it's really hard inside. So get yourself some nice um, potting soil if you can if it's available up there and, and try that, I think that would definitely help as well. Cause I think if you want to send them maybe a picture of the pot, I might be able to help a little bit more there, Jay, but cheers to you and uh, hope you're enjoying it up there. That's a pretty awesome thing. All right. Okay. This is okay. This one was where I see December 6th and there was, Oh, 10, 28 time to go. We're going to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Erin Foppel. For the second consecutive day, Ontario is reporting a single-day COVID-19 caseload record. Health officials confirmed 1,924 cases over the past 24 hours, an increase of 65 over yesterday's previous high. In Quebec, another 1,691 cases are being reported, along with 24 additional deaths. And medical experts are warning drugs that are often used as chemical restraints in psych wards could have deadly effects on the dementia patients being increasingly assigned to psychiatric beds. Data from the Canadian Institute for Health Information suggests dementia patients currently occupy about a third of Ontario's psychiatric beds, in part because there are no available spots. Experts say not only does that threaten an already overwhelmed mental health system, but it risks the health of dementia patients. Looked our local weather sunny today with a high of 13, which we're now standing at. Clear tonight, a low of plus two, mainly sunny tomorrow with a high of 11. It's 13 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Aaron Foppel. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and just taking your texts for right now. The the phone lines are, are down for a bit. And uh, so we're going to uh, keep texting if you like. I got lots of time here to answer lots of texts. So if you'd like to send one in for 3974-8255. And I got one here. It says, good morning, Merle. Last year I put black drip hose and spiled them around my shrubs and and put rock covering it. And using it like a drip system for 
um, water in his robes and says, how long should I leave it? I, you can leave it on. F- um, I would just keep it there for forever as long as you can. Um, and he, he goes, I have it on a timer and only put it on every two days for an hour. That's probably a little bit much. I'd probably, you could probably take that down after a couple of years down to, to once a week. It, it would be lots. And, uh, and then you should be good to go from there, but never hurts to have that extra little bit of water kidding into your shrub beds and your trees. You'll see people with irrigation, their plants always look a lot better than than people without irrigation and you use a lot less water because you're controlling where the water goes so i always recommend um adding irrigation to any landscape because it's it's worth the money and your plants do much better as well and merle i watered my perennials well in october but with this prolonged warm period should i water them again uh and again i've chatted a little bit about this and if you didn't get the first time but if it's in a really, really sunny location, nice and hot up against the house, definitely wouldn't hurt to give it a little bit of water. Just hose them down a bit, get some water into the soil, and we can water all of our evergreens and things like that as well, wash all the dust off, give them all a shot, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, here's a kind of a cool picture. It says, hi, Merle. If I spray my bird feeder when it's empty, would that deter the this mule deer from eating the bird seed he might get a taste of the barbex and would the bird still come um i i wouldn't i'm not too sure if the birds have the same taste as a mammal like a so i'm not too sure if they have the taste buds like that but that's an interesting what you should do is try a try a little sample do do another little area maybe in that bird bath behind stick a little bit one with bob x and one without and uh and see what you got going but this little buck he's <laughs> he's going right in there you kind of got it at his perfect height for him it's like a little buffet for him so um i would say that the bob x is spraying the 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 unit or your bird feeder would not stop it um or you can look at raising up the bird feeder or get a different type of unit that you can hang from a fence but it's kind of interesting you get to feed the deer so you get a a deer and a bird feeder all in one with that uh, unit you got going there and it's kind of neat to see a little buck it's always nice nice to see them with the little horns going so it's beautiful and where we are we're going to go to a text here it says hi there Good morning. We live in Cochrane. My husband wants to plant hazelnuts. Will they grow here? Thank you. Love your show. Absolutely, they grow. We have uh, hazelnut shrubs in the spring in stock. Um, we brought quite a few in with the food growing craze, so we will have them again next year. And uh, from what I understand, they really do quite well. So, yes, you will be able to grow some hazelnuts. So let me know how that goes, and that would be pretty cool. And where are we at? Uh, wow. Did it, no, that, that was for a previous show. Uh, the government ones it must have been text earlier earlier today. No, no, this was to me, but it's it's not too uh, not appropriate for my show. So I'm not going to read that one. And if someone else might see that at a later date, we'll be good to go. Hi, Merle. I've sent you pictures in the past of my dead rosemary plants. Most of them 
Many of them I'd like to try again, but want to know what is the best way to have them survive. Any hints? Um, bright light, um, good good window with lots of light, a good soil, and and just watching. Like they can dry out a bit in the soil, but you don't want to keep them too wet. Um, it's just ensuring that they don't get too dry because I know um, Pat who calls in and uh, and sends pictures and who also bakes awesome bread. He sent a picture. He sends his outside every year, and he had a seven-year-old rosemary, but it just the only thing, his didn't bloom this year. But treats it like a houseplant, and uh, I would just feed it like even the 15, 30, 15 would be fine. But they they are a tougher one because for whatever reason they they dry out and they just they don't look great. I don't think they like it if it's really really dry like the air. So I think they get um, they like a little bit more humid area. So I would just if you can add any kind of humidity. And that's one thing I would say in your house. I bet you seventy to eighty percent of the people in in Calgary they're their humidifiers are, are not working properly on the on the furnace just because of our hard water. I just had mine serviced and and uh, and then I got the had to change the little modules because they were all blocked of the little solenoids on the humidifiers on the furnaces. But man, does it make a difference? I got those fixed up, cleaned the filters, and did all that stuff. But it's just nice having the humidity in the winter time. But it takes a bit. We were down at 25%, and right now I got the house up to about 38, 39. I'm hoping to get it between 40 and 50, which, as they say, is is sort of the appropriate humidity level without until you see condensation on your windows. So if that's too much, they're good, for, then you don't want that. And uh, go from there. Good morning, Merle. Have you ever bought winter rose poinsettias? I used to get them at Sun Tropicals in Balzac. Um, the names of a lot of the poinsettias have changed quite a bit, but I will take a look and see what that one looks like. And you called it a winter rose. So let me just have a quick look and I'll see. But there's what happens, and again, I mentioned this before with with a lot of the shrubs. A lot of the growers, they push new varieties on to all the growers and then they have to switch but yeah these are those double ones and i haven't seen them they're a little harder to grow um i can see we'll we'll take a look and see if i if if there's any available and i'll mention it on our social media and that but we haven't seen those for a while i've seen um one post on them on our independent garden center from a garden center down in the states that had them but if anybody sees them let us know if uh, if anybody seems they're more of the double type um, blooms, the bracts are are sort of they look like a little rose. So very nice. But right now I'm going to take a break and uh, for a few commercials, and then we'll chat after that. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And I'm just reading text right now as the phone lines are down. So I just have one text here. It says, we started this avocado from seed and ready to plant. Does the soil type matter? Read something online recommending hemp soil, whatever that is. And we have a, a product called Hemp Sense. 
And I, I'm really trying to push um, some of the soil manufacturers to look more into the hemp as I just, we rip up all our peat bogs, which are most of the soilless mixes are all made of sphagnum peat moss. There's a bag or a bog moss, peat moss, and then there's sphagnum peat moss. And they do come from, they have to dig it up the, the earth to harvest the sphagnum peat moss and that. I just think if we can get into the hemp, even if it's a mixture of the two to use less, um, it, it works really quite well. I know I, I've given some to a couple people, even growing cannabis, I thought was be kind of cool to see um, how it would grow in hemp. And man, it grew like crazy. The only thing, it does hold moisture really well. So you got to watch um, you don't keep them too wet because they, they will stay a little bit moister. But it's it's a lot, it's more durable than the peat moss and it doesn't break down as quick. So I'd really like to see, hopefully we can, and I keep bugging a few of the manufacturers to try to to get on board with the hemp because there's so much of it around with all the byproducts after they take out the oil and the medicinal f- characters out of it. We end up with those biomass left over and I know they make wood out of it. They make clothes. They make all kinds of different things. But it it could be it makes a really good soil. So we do have I know that if they're recommending the hemp, so we do have bags of hemp scents at Spruce It Up. So if you are looking to try that, adding it to your soil, it's it's really really good. So and where are we at here? Here, oh nice. I got a couple texts here. What? Any idea what type of plant this is? And it's a gorgeous looking. It is a type of Hoya plant. It's gorgeous looking. Um, it's a nice vine that just grows really quite nice and it's blooming. It looks like a little star Hoya, I believe is what it is. It's, it looks great. Um, I don't see a lot of those ones with that uh, that type of bloom. But thanks for sharing. I appreciate it. And I got a couple more texts here. Merle, love your show. Our backyard in Bonavista is has many 20 to 30 foot spruce trees. And this past year, many, many needles have fallen to the yard dry summer. Is it best to clean them up or leave them? What I would do is is create uh, a, like around the drip line of the tree. If you're able to cut out the grass and it looks like you have a bit, but I, and it does creep out. So what I would do is just extend the beds a little bit bigger, go three or four feet out from the spruce trees, and definitely you can blow that um, those needles back into into the spruce tree beds, and then try to add a little bit of loam. And there's a grass that grows quite well in those circumstances. It's called Ecolon. You can add that to your thing, and it'll grow quite nicely in those areas. But you do have to water a lot more because the spruce tree is taking a lot of the moisture and everything away from that area. So either that or just cut out more grass, add mulch, add a couple boulders, add some junipers, you could add some grasses, you could add some different things and just make a nice bigger bed in there, which would be really, really nice as well. So there's a few different ideas of what you could do um, when you're dealing with a, a spruce tree because they are the pigs of their backyard. They take all the nutrients, they suck up everything, all the moisture, moisture, nutrients, and uh, and keep it all for themselves. So 
And hello, Merle. Here's my yearly Christmas cactus update. He has grown quite a bit this year, but still not a lot of blossoms. He seems very happy, though. It looks great, and and you do have some blooms coming on it. I would look at possibly repotting that one for next year. Like when it's done blooming, and uh, but you're getting some buds on the other side. It's gonna it's it's gonna keep going. I see you got some some buds coming on the other half of it, um, which is good. And it looks like yeah, maybe you have two in there. So one's a different color, so they're gonna bloom at different times. <clears throat> and we were able to get a few of the. I know they're a little bit more sought after the peach colored um, zygo cactus. So we we had a few of those in at the garden center. I'm not too sure how many are left. But we do have those as well. Uh, here we go on the text. Hi, Merle. Debbie from Olds. We put cedar chips under our 40-foot blue spruce this summer. I noticed some dead needles in places. I hope this mulch and spruce are healthy for it. They're, they're fine. It's just, again, it's been a really dry winter and summer on a lot of our, our spruce trees. And they're, they're just getting some desiccation. Um, there's not a lot of moisture. Just add a little more... Soak your hoses to the bottom of your spruce trees. Give them that little extra water, and, and you'll see them recover nicely from there. And another text. I have a scented geranium. What should I give it for fertilizer and how often? Thanks. I would look at using 15-30-15, and that's a perfect fertilizer for a lot of your fruit and a lot of your flowering plants. It has that higher middle number which is the phosphate, which is encourages the blooming, um, which encourages growth after that, um, and fruit. So 15, 30, 15 for all your flowering plants. And here we go, one from Dwight. The catnip plant, the next door cat ate last summer, came back when I brought it in. Now it's starting to flower. Do they ever smell good? Yeah, awesome looking and you got a couple little dots on that. Just check for aphids there, Dwight. But looking good. Looks awesome. Love it. Yeah. And very fragrant. So maybe that's why cats love it so much, right? It attracts them and then they, they go ahead and go at it like that. So, uh, and oh, here we go. Another from the tree that I recommend taking out the, the apple trees. Yeah. The, the mice have girdled six of my eight apple trees. And again, if you leave the snow piled up against your fruit trees and a lot of your trees over the winter, um, the mice are able to go in there and they treat it like a parkade. I say like they sort of crawl on and they just chew away the bark. I know on a, on a ranch just west of Calgary with a buddy of mine, Dwayne, he looks after it and man, the mice got in there last year. It was just nasty. They just, and they'll girdle it and they take all the bark off it and it's hard for them to recover. If you get it early enough, you can use, lack balsam which is a bark replacement but if it's got to the point where it's totally dried and got into it, it it's hard to to help it at that point it it would be uh you almost lost the tree unfortunately hey liam did i take my 1050 break i don't think i did did i okay i better take a break right now you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons, and I'm just going to go to the phone lines and, or actually not the phone lines, the text lines. 
is this a good time to start pruning back trees and bushes? Is there still too much energy in the tree? If it, it's it's fine, we, we're still doing lots of pruning and different things um, out there right now. The plants have, for the most part, have downloaded um, a lot of the stuff back into the ground, um, so you should be good to go. Uh, what, what we focus on a lot right now is moving dead, damaged, and disease branching on some stuff. Um, if you can hold off, it, it, it's fine. I know Mark is pushing a lot of stuff back into uh, January, February as well, as he's quite busy with a lot of the finishing up a lot of the elm trees and some of the bigger stuff that he has on the go with pruned up and then moving into into the more reducing and all that once you get into like February, March um, works as well for that. So, but if there's stuff that you, you have time and the weather's so good, again, just be careful um, when you get in there with your pruners. Just just take your time and don't um, get caught up in the tree where you're just looking up in the center doing your pruning. Just take a couple cuts, step back, go back in, take a couple more cuts, and plan it out as you go so you don't end up uh, taking too much off because you cannot glue them back on. Unfortunately, so I have a croton plant and it's losing its leaves, no new growth. Any thoughts? Yeah, it looks, yeah, it doesn't look what it looks like to me is after you've transplanted it, I would just give it a really good shot of water. I would take it into the sink, fill that pot up three or four times, and let the water soak out the bottom and uh, and do that. Every two to three weeks um, looks like a fairly big pot with a fair bit of soil and just ensure that it's, and you have it right in front of the fireplace and typically fireplaces are very drafty and crotons are not a big fan of that draft either because you get the cold air coming down the fireplace. So if possible, I would move that away from there and go from there. All right. And... Where are we at? We're just going to go to a couple more phone lines. Good morning, Merle. This happened last winter. The needles off last spring. Should I cut these branches back? Yeah, and this is a like a mugo pine kind of standard. Looks great. And once the needles go totally brown, unfortunately, they will not come back. Um, so you could just pull those needles off of those branches, and they might send out some new growth on there. But once those are brown like that, those needles will not come back. And so I would just check and see if the branch is alive. But for the most part, you have to cut. And it wouldn't hurt that one. It's nice and thick. Just cut a lot of those back. Cut a lot of that dead wood out of there. And just let it uh, focus on new growth. And give it a really good shot. You have a little Alberta dwarf spruce and another mugo beside it. Give that whole bed a really nice drink. And also give it some 30-10-10, and uh, that will help it recover getting through the winter time. And and that's it for me for today. I really appreciate all the text. Hopefully next week we can chat on the phone. And again, do our part. Let's stay safe. Do the physical distance, distancing, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get the numbers down. You're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.